Well, it's, uh, it's good to be together, isn't it, for this last summer Sunday. Uh, it's been good hearing of what the children have been learning. Every time uh, you hear what goes on over in the church centre, I don't know about you, but it kind of makes me wish sometimes I was over there rather than in here some Sundays. But it's good to be all together uh, for this last Sunday. And we're going to look at the, uh, the story that was uh, read out for us earlier, uh, one of the stories that Jesus tells, the story of the persistent widow. So I'm going to pray for us and ask God to help us to concentrate as we think about that together. Father God, we do thank you so much uh, that you are a God who speaks. Uh, we thank you for these stories that Jesus told and we pray now as we look at this one in Luke that you would help us uh, to see clearly how you would have us live. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now in a few moments uh, we're going to look at that story together but before we do let me ask you a question. What's the best place you've ever been? What's the best place you've ever been? Perhaps uh, you've been on a holiday recently uh, as a family or uh, with friends and maybe the best place you've ever been is there's a beach that you're imagining where your family always goes on holidays, a place that you love to be with uh, family and friends. Perhaps it's somewhere in Sheffield, uh, somewhere in the Peak District, uh, going for a walk in the Peak District or around Chatswood or Padley Gorge. What's the best place you've ever been? Perhaps it's your home, your room. It's perfectly decked out the way you like it. It's got the posters you like. It's got your music. It's got your stuff. It's your room. Or perhaps it's the garden. What's the best place you've ever been? Well, let me tell you about the best place there is. And it's a place you've never been. But it is a place that you are going to if you love and trust Jesus. This is uh, how the Bible describes that place. This is the Bible uh, we read as a family, the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's a great one if you're looking for a a Bible to read as a family. This is a good one uh, to grab. It's over in uh, the church centre. Let me read to you how it describes the best place there is. I see a throne and on the throne is a king. And the king is Jesus. And all around the throne, people are bowing down and they're giving him their treasures. And there are loud cheers and clapping and bright laughter like thousands of waterfalls and everyone bursts out into singing. And they're singing a new song. The song goes like this. This is our king, Jesus who died so we don't have to. He is our rescuer. And so all honour and glory forever and ever go to him. And then from all around there is a wide, beautiful silence. And I see God's enemy, Satan, being thrown down, defeated at last. And then I see a city, a shimmering, sparkling city, coming down from heaven and from the sky. Heaven is coming to earth. God's city is beautiful. Its walls are of topaz and jasper and sapphire. Wide streets paved with gold, gleaming pearl gates that are never shut. Where is the sun? Where is the moon? Well, they're not needed anymore. God is all the light that people need. There's no more darkness. There's no more night. And the king says this, Look, God and his children are together again. There's no more running away. There's no more hiding, no more crying or being lonely or afraid. No more being sick or dying because all those things are gone and they're gone forever. Everything sad has come untrue. And see this, 
I have wiped every tear from every eye. And then a deep, beautiful voice that sounded like thunder in the sky says, Look, I am making everything new. I don't know what the best place uh, you've ever been to in your life, but that is the best place there is. The place the Bible calls heaven. Now you've never been there, I've never been there, but as I said, those who love and trust Jesus, one day you will be there. And it's going to be the best day of your life. Uh, the, very, uh, the chapter before the, the story that we had read out to us before says, the day that Jesus comes back, that's going to be the best day of your life because it's the day he comes to fix all the broken things in our world, make all the sad things come untrue. It's the day our world needs most. It's the day he's going to come and take you to your new home in heaven because he's prepared a place for you there and that's what you need most. And So let me ask you this. Do you think much about that day and that place? When I was a little boy growing up, I was told to remember heaven a bit like this. It is RTA. It's real, it's terrific and it's available. Real, terrific and available. Heaven is more real than anything you have ever seen. It is more terrific than anything you've ever experienced and it's available to those who love and trust Jesus. And you know what God's instruction to us is now as we wait for that day that we're going to be with him in heaven? It's very simple. Set your heart on heaven. Get excited about heaven. That's God's instruction to you as you wait for that day. Every time you think about heaven, it should make your heart skip a beat. It should make your heart beat faster. Let me ask you, what do you get excited about in life? What gets your heart racing? I reckon if I was to ask my children, one of the first things they'd mention is the Nintendo Wii. We've got a Nintendo Wii that gets their heart racing. To be honest, it gets my heart racing. Maybe it's pudding. It gets my heart racing. Perhaps it's school. School starts back this week. Maybe you're really excited about school. Who's excited about going back to school? Yeah, not, not many. And you know, it's not just children who get excited. We adults get excited about things. What, what gets you excited? A good sporting result? <laughs> Perhaps it's a trip to B&Q. <laughs> Being in love. How about work? Are you excited about work tomorrow? Who's excited about work tomorrow? Okay, similar result to school. God says this, there's lots of things to be excited about and they're good, but the thing you should get most excited about, what he wants your heart to be set on, is heaven. You're going to be there forever with him. Now we as a church family know that and I guess my little prayer for little Martha who was baptised today is that God will place in her heart an excitement for heaven. That as she goes through this life, that's what will excite her the most. And if he does, what she'll find in time is the problem anybody who is excited about heaven experiences. As good as heaven will be, it's not here yet. And the constant message the Bible gives us for these days that we live in is heaven is coming, yes, but not yet, not yet. It's kind of like being in a car on the way back from a holiday. You know that experience, you're driving along the motorway and it seems to be taking forever, mile after mile of road. And, and you're sitting in the back seat and you're saying, are we there yet? Waiting's hard, isn't it? Especially when it seems like it takes forever. 
And the Bible knows this. And it says it shouldn't surprise us that as we wait for heaven that there's going to be people saying things like this. Where's this coming that he promised? Where's this heaven? Everything seems to go on as it did from the beginning. Now the Bible says we might feel this way. I mean, We might want to say, why aren't we there yet? But there's a reason it takes so long, this journey to heaven. This is what the Bible says. With God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. You see, God is not slow in keeping his promise of heaven as we understand slowness. No, he's patient. He doesn't want anyone to miss out. And so let me say, if you're not a Christian here today, if you're not someone who loves and trusts Jesus and what he has done for you on the cross, one of the reasons heaven isn't here yet is God is waiting for you because he knows how good it will be for you to be there. But while heaven takes a long time, the Bible says that day is coming soon. And while we wait, we have one simple job. Set your heart on heaven. And what God tells us is that as we wait, there's going to be lots of things that are going to make that hard to be excited about heaven that will distract us. Uh, The chapter before our story mentions three of them for us. The first one, it says, there's going to be people who laugh at you when you say you're excited about heaven. They're going to mock you, scoff. You ever felt that? My son Finn was at a football camp uh, this uh, summer holidays and he came home one day and he told me that exact thing had happened. He'd been talking about heaven, how exciting it's going to be and been laughed at. That's going to happen if you're excited about heaven. It's going to happen at school if you talk about uh, that that's coming, heaven is coming. And it's going to happen for us adults if we live life motivated by heaven rather than just here and now. So that's one of the things that can take our heart away from heaven, being laughed at. And sometimes it's doing the wrong thing. It's sin that can do it. It's hard to do the right thing when when mum and dad are out of the room, isn't it? If if they've given you an instruction and then they've left the room and you're thinking, maybe I'll just do what I've been told not to do. Or maybe I'll say something I know I'm not allowed to say. It's hard to do the right thing when heaven seems so far away, when God is seemingly so far away. And adults are tempted by that too. But you know what the biggest danger is? The thing that makes it hardest for us to stay excited about heaven ordinary life normal life the bible says the bible tells us the day when jesus comes back to take us to heaven it's just going to be like any other day people will be eating and drinking and marrying and buying and selling planting building fixing normal stuff and the bible says we can get so involved in all this ordinary stuff that we forget heaven is coming And so as you head off to school and you're spending time with your friends or as you're a bit older maybe and you're worrying about your grades, your GCSEs or your A-levels or whatever they're called, or the football season's starting up and your team's playing this afternoon, you're so excited about that you, you forget heaven's coming. Or the music lesson or the ballet lesson or guides or scouts or whatever it might be, easy to forget heaven is coming. That's true for us adults too. Uh, We get so busy with work or fixing the house or holidays or going to Tesco or B&Q or whatever it might be, we forget heaven is so good. We can easily get to the point that we focus so much on life now that we think this is as good as it gets. This is what life's about. We get to the point where we say, forward for me is a good enough heaven. I mean, who needs heaven when, when you live here? 
But for me and for the Bible, that's a bit like travelling home on that motorway, on the way home from holidays and you see one of those services, you know, with the Burger King and that sort of thing and you pull in there for a break. But rather than just having a break, you settle there, you say, I'm going to live here. Can't get better than Burger King. And so you settle for Burger King when a feast, a banquet waits for you in heaven. And let me say, if you're a mum or a dad here today, the greatest disservice you could do to your children is to teach them by your priorities or by your words that this is as good as life gets. You teach them to aim for earth when they should aim for heaven. Our great danger on the journey home to heaven is to run out of puff, to lose heart. You know what? God doesn't want that to happen. And so he tells us this story that we had out read uh, before. A story he tells us, he says in the very first verse of Luke 18, so that we don't lose heart along the way. Because when he returns, he wants to find hearts excited about heaven. It's a really simple story. Uh, It's worth turning to now, Luke 18, page 1052 in the Bibles, 1052. Simple story about a judge and a woman who keeps pestering him for help and it goes something like this next sir someone has done me wrong and they won't put it right please would you help me pass me papers Madam, I'm afraid I can't help you with this. Go away. Next. Yes, fine. I will write a letter for you. Next. Irresponsible behaviour. You have my permission to sue. Next. Sir, someone has done me wrong and they won't put it right. Please would you help me? Madam... I've already told you. I cannot help you with your case. Go away. Next. Pay costs within six months. Next. Go ahead with your complaint. Next. Sir, somebody has done me wrong and they won't put it right. Please would you help me? Madam, watch my lips. No. Now, go. Court adjourned. What a day. Next day. (laughs) Sir, someone's done me wrong and they won't put it right. Please, would you help me? Madam, you know what? No. The answer is still done to me no. doesn't matter how often you ask me. Now, can you just get out of my court, please? 
Charles? Yes, fine. Apart from this daft old bat who keeps pestering me. Lunch? Time cafe? Usual time. Be there. See you later. Sir? Someone has done me wrong and they won't put it right. Please, would you help me? How dare you! Who do you think you are? Get out of my corpse! Before I call security! Next. Sir, someone has done me wrong. Stop. And stop. Just stop, will you? I don't care about her. I don't care about this case. I don't care about helping her. But she won't stop. She keeps going on and on and on. Asking, asking, asking. She won't stop. She's never going to stop. She'll be the death of me. And even then, she'll come to my funeral and still be asking. Sir? There's only one way to get some peace. Sir? Yes, madam? Sir, someone's done me wrong and they won't put it right. Please, would you help me? Yes, madam. I'll help you. Give me your papers. There it is. Simple story, isn't it? Persistent widow. And Jesus tells us in the first verse of Luke 18, he tells it so that we will not lose heart on the way to heaven. How can you make sure you don't lose heart on the way to heaven? Simple. Pray. Pray and don't stop praying. Now you might be thinking, how on earth is that going to help me not lose heart and what on earth has that story got to do with it? Well, let me tell you three things that story tells us about prayer. Three things that are going to help us not lose heart on the way to heaven. And the first is this, and it's worth uh, keeping that passage open. This story tells us what prayer is. Prayer, uh, put another way, is simply talking to heaven. Do you see there uh, on, in our service sheets, if you look back to where we uh, spent some time praying together, the Linsky family prayed for us, just below uh, where they prayed, you see the Lord's Prayer that we regularly pray as a church family, do you see the first words of that prayer? Our Father in heaven. That's what prayer is. Prayer is talking to heaven. One of, one of my favourite uh, movies uh, as I was growing up was the movie E.T. Uh, it's about an extraterrestrial who's desperate to get home. And all the way through it he's got this phrase he keeps saying, E.T. phone home. And every time he says it his whole chest starts glowing, his heart starts glowing. E.T. phone home he keeps saying. So desperate for home. Well, that's what prayer is for us. It is phoning home. And like E.T., it should make our hearts glow. Jesus says that that's, that's what keeps us going on the way to heaven. The more you talk to your Father in heaven, the more you want to be there with him. 
the more your heart will be excited about being there with him. So firstly, that's what prayer is, talking to home. Second is, and you can see this in our story, why does prayer work? Why does it help us on the way home? Well, prayer is going to help you not lose heart because speaking to heaven is so much better than it was for this woman talking to that judge. That's why Jesus tells us this story, to show us how much better it is talking to God in heaven than it is for that woman talking to the judge. The woman, a widow, had a problem, a desperate problem. She needed help and she knew the judge was the only one who could help her. And so she kept pestering until she got her answer. We have a problem. The problem of the danger of losing heart on the way to heaven. We need help and only God can help us. And so Jesus tells us this story because if even a mean judge like that, who didn't care for the woman, if even he relents and helps, how much more is God, your Father in heaven, going to help you? And let me tell you why. Firstly, we are not like that woman. She came to the judge for help again and again, but she didn't know the judge. The judge didn't know her. But have a look in our passage in verse 7, what God calls us, those who would speak to heaven. We're his chosen ones. We're not strangers. The God of heaven knows you. In fact, anyone here who knows and loves Jesus is a child of God. God in heaven is your father. That's why it said it in our prayers earlier. You see it there in the Lord's Prayer again. Our Father in heaven. That's who we speak to. Now if a stranger, a judge who doesn't even know the woman, helps this woman, how much more is your Father in heaven going to help you? When you talk to heaven, you're talking to your dad. Now I'm a dad of three children and I love helping my children. Anytime they ask, I'd love to help them. But you know what, I'm, I'm in many ways pretty imperfect at that. There's times that I don't want to help. There's times uh, where I've got other things to do. But most of the time I will. Jesus tells us this story because he says, how much more do you think your Father in heaven who's perfect is going to help you? The God who made you, who loves you, who's always with you, is going to help you and lead you all the way home to heaven. So we're not like the woman. And even more importantly, God is not like this judge. Did you hear what the judge kept saying? I don't care about this woman. Don't care about her. Wouldn't even look at the woman. But the Bible tells us that God in heaven sees everything and he's interested in everything. It says, as as a father has compassion on his children, so God has compassion on us. As high as heaven is from the earth, that's how much he loves you. And so when we pray to him, when we cry out for help, as the passage says, he's going to listen. And he's always going to be willing to help. He's always going to give the right help you need to not lose heart on the way to heaven. And so there it is. It's pretty simple, isn't it? What are we meant to do on the way to heaven? To ensure you don't lose heart? Because you see there in the last verse, verse 8, that's what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for hearts when he comes back that are still excited about heaven. How are you going to do it? Phone home. Talk to your dad in heaven. Talk to him often. And keep talking to him all the way home. And so for the children here, let me just say as we finish up, the encouragement for you from this story is very simple. Keep praying. When you wake up and you're having breakfast uh, together as a family, pray. Talk to your dad in heaven. 
When you're at school, if school's going really well or you're having a dud day, whatever's happening, talk to your dad in heaven. And just before you head off to sleep, talk to heaven. That's how you're going to keep going. And for the adults, the same thing. Simple, keep praying. Don't let ordinary life fool you or distract you. Let me encourage you to keep, help your family pray. If you're, a, if you're a mum or dad here, heed the advice of this story. Pray and don't stop praying. Uh, we as a family got in the habit of uh, getting a praying post that's up in the, the wall of the, the children's room to help us remember to do just this and to have different things that we pray for. Let me encourage you to do that, maybe today over lunch, to, to think about the sort of things that you could be phoning home about, the things that you need to say sorry to your Father in Heaven about things that you can say thank you to your Father in Heaven about, things that you need help with. And maybe make that a habit of Sunday. Sunday is the day together you phone home. Luke 18 tells us that we should do this day and night. And this is the greatest gift you could give your kids, keeping their hearts beating for heaven by praying together. The Bible says this in 1 Peter, it says, The end of all things is near. Heaven is coming. So pray. Let's do it.